players, enthusiasts, and observers alike, and welcome back to Chronicles of Kriath. My name is Emma, and I will be your DM today, and hopefully every day that this wonderful campaign exists. And welcome to the fourth and final prequel session of our game. This will help you, as I've said, get a idea of who our characters are before they all even really meet each other. So I'm going to pass it over to Jeremy to introduce our fourth and final character of the party, Damien. All right. Um, hello, I'm Damien. I'm a, a very simple man, a blacksmith most of my life. I got had a beautiful wife and I have two lovely children. One of them, he's in the army, bless him. And the other one, she, uh, she fancies a different take and ran away with some merchant lady. I miss her though, but uh, yeah, my life's been pretty simple. I made a living making horseshoes and tools, but uh, after my wife died to the sickness, I uh, I decided I was gonna follow my childhood dream of uh, traveling the world and seeing new places, not being in the same town I grew up in all my life, you know. And I'm Jeremy. I'm his uh, player. Uh, nice to meet you. I am a dungeon master myself. Uh, our uh, DM here was one of my players for quite some time. So this this is going to be fun. Oh, yeah. Now I get to turn all of the story revenge back on him. <laughs> for all the... I, I, don't, you be, don't you be doing that last. Come on now. <laughs> now I get to give you all the feels. <laughs> but, yeah. So to start us off, Damien. You wake on the well-awaited day that you've decided to leave your town behind and venture off to explore the world. What's your morning routine going to kind of be like as you prepare to say goodbye to the home that you've known for forever? Well, I, I get up, I grab my bag I packed the night before. It's full of some of my smithing tools and tidbits of metal so I can possibly make some coin while I'm out on the road. Put on the new makeshift armor I made myself and pick up a, a nice fancy shield I spent quite a bit of time working on and my hammer. I look around, make sure I got some food packed to last me a few days and I head on out. I'm gonna swing by my mates over by the bar and <laughs> tell them I'm heading out and that uh, I wish them the best. Alright. And as you kind of make your way over to the bar that you've frequented most of your adult life, it's this quaint little place called the Chubby Chap. Has a funny little sign of like a, what looks like a uh, portly chef on the door that you smile at as always as you sort of push open the door to see your three mates, Jack, Martin, and Bartley all sitting around the same circular table, sharing pints and complaining about their families. They all look up and Jack goes, Oi, Damien, I thought you were leaving bright and early. What are you doing here? It is bright and early, mate. I'm on my way out. I just came to tell you all a few things. Jack, I left you some uh, fresh tools in the house. You know the door ain't locked. Ain't nobody gonna use it while I'm gone anyways. Uh, make sure you let Chubbs know I got him a new nice set of uh, knives I met him. And, uh, there's a couple horseshoes for your horses. I'm, uh, gonna enjoy my time out here, though. Oh, you better. 
So I wanted to see y'all off and have a drink with you before I leave. And Bart goes, well, absolutely. Sit on down, the drink's on me. Hey, chap! And he gets up and sort of shouts for the bartender, who you all call by various nicknames of Chubbs, Chap, or Chaplin, which is his full name depending on the various amounts of alcohol that you've consumed and how friendly he is the day that you've arrived there. But he kind of leans out the door and is like, what do you want now? Oh, Damien, you're here. I'm guessing one last round for the boys before you head out on your adventure. That would be a plan. Oh, and hey, Chubbs, I got you a nice new set of knives inside my house on top of my junk. Oh, well, that's mighty kind of you, Damien. I really appreciate it. Remind me to pay you back with a couple of pints whenever you get back and have some stories to share, huh? Uh, will do. And he very quickly sets about pouring some new pints of ale, even though some of your friends are still nursing theirs. And Martin kind of leans over and goes, So, where are you planning on heading first, lad? Ah. Uh. I don't rightly know. I figured I'd follow the road to the first city I run into. You know me, I don't get out much. So. That's fair. And see where the wind takes me, you know? Oh, but I thought, um, the wind told me your daughter planned on sending you something to sort of give you a guide. Did you not get a letter? Nah, not that I know of. Hmm. I go back and check once, but I, I don't think I got one. Not yet. Hmm. Maybe Jerry's running a little late. Yeah, most likely. Well, if you don't get one before you set off, I'll have to go bother him at the post office and run my fat ass after you. Ha! <laughs> oh, I wouldn't do that, mate. <laughs> With any luck, I'll be long gone by then, you know? Well, ain't got nothing better to do. Give me an excuse to get out of the house. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> well, yeah, you letting kids doing good? Yeah, they're doing fine. How's the last? Oh, she's... She's great. Getting used to having the... The kids are in their toddler phase, so they're trying to... They've learned to be sweet to everybody else, but throw tantrums when they're in the house, you know? It's... <laughs> oh, I miss those days. When they're always pestering you, shaking your, your clothes, and, and daddy, daddy, or ma, and, you know, running all over the house. <sighs> Enjoy it while you can, mate. It's over all too soon. Really? Because I'm about thinking I can't wait till they're up and out like yours are. You'll miss them when they're gone, trust me. Alright. Well, let's enjoy this drink for a bit. He starts, like, sipping down his, his mug, and he's like, Only one for me, and then I'm gonna hit the road. I still need to keep my wits about me. Alright, but if you change your mind, we're willing to buy you another. Ah, I appreciate it, mate. He's gonna finish up his, uh, mug. Alrighty. And you sit there with your friends, shoot the shit for a little longer. They complain about the usual work, about their kids getting into trouble at school and whatnot. And then, as you finally finish your ale, a little blonde boy that looks to be about, like, 16, just started working, his name's Jerry, ducks into the bar, kind of nervously, and <laughs> you see Chap kind of look up at him and go, Jerry! You're not supposed to be in here. And he goes, uh, I know, uh, Mr. Chaplin. Um, is Mr. Travers here? All right, baby boy. And he kind of looks. You can tell he's very uncomfortable being in here. It's like 
you know most of the moms of young boys will um, encourage their kids when they're sort of getting into their teenage years to stay away from the bar so they don't start drinking too young. So he's definitely one of the good little boys that like doesn't want to make his mom upset. And he goes, um, you've got a letter here, sir. And he walks over with like a little brown envelope and hands it to you. And it's got your daughter's handwriting addressed to Da. He just smiles at it and he's like, hey boy, how old are you? I'm 15, sir. Hand him the rest of my mug that's mostly empty. And he's like, have a sip. Probably ain't gonna like it, but you'll get used to it. All right, mates, I'm gonna head out. <laughs> <laughs> and he kind of looks at it wide-eyed and is just like, I, I, I don't know, sir. Um, my mom might be pretty mad, and like you see, Martin kind hey, of hey, lad, lad, <laughs> lad, lad. Trust me. In the bar, the ladies don't know what happens here, and we don't tell them, right, boys? And they all nod and go, right, and they kind of, like, cheers their mugs. And <laughs> the boy kind of, very nervous, kind of clinks his glass against Martin's and brings it up to his lips. And then immediately as it, like, burns down his throat, starts coughing, and it's just like, oh, uh, that, what is that? That's me, lad. It, you'll get used to it when you're older. I figured I'll let you have a test now so you don't go trying to sneak one away whenever your ma ain't looking. Oh, oh no, I would never do that, sir. I try to make my ma proud. And you do a damn fine job. Alright, lad. Pat him on the head. You're a good boy. Stay a good boy. Alright, head on out. Alrighty. Open the letter as I walk. And as you open it, you see a letter on fairly new looking parchment paper, along with what looks to be like a stack of brochures. They almost look like travel pamphlets <laughs> that you would get in your typical like tourist stop. And the letter reads, Hey Da, heard that you're going to be following your dreams and traveling the world and all that crap. Hope you're doing well out there. And you've, as Ma would say, got some warm socks and... Enough food to keep you full. I figured I would help you out in picking a first destination and threw some travel pamphlets in there. And if you do decide to go to any of these places, I've got some contacts that can get you headed in the right direction. So enjoy your travels. Make sure to write every once in a while so I know where you are if I need to visit you. And talk to you soon. Kind of glanced through the packets for the one that she wanted me to go to first and then put the rest of them back in the letter in my bag not even gonna look through them really like oh she worries too much i'm a grown-ass man and she's my daughter she shouldn't be like that <laughs> damn last and you see the one with like the biggest note that she obviously wanted you to go to first is a pamphlet for the sparkling grove which as you kind of leaf through it it's got it doesn't have too much. It's got like some, they're very nicely painted brochures, but it's got like painted pictures of like forests and like picturesque hiking trails. And it says something about if you reach a certain part of the forest, it'll, the forest will turn you back around by itself if it doesn't want you to come in. It's very strange, or at least it sounds it. Well, that sounds interesting. I might try to go look at that. Never heard of that before. And the note she left inside says that when you get to when you get to the port town, her friend Gary 
has a boat called the Mad Dog and will offer you passage. The Mad Dog. That does not sound like the kind of boat I want to get on. Oh, lass, what kind of people are you getting yourself attached to? Come on now. I'll raise you better than that. <laughs> well, let's go meet this Jerry. What, what was it? Jerry? Gary. Gary. Let's go meet this Gary friend and make sure he ain't got no bad ideas with my daughter or her wife. Mess him up good. <laughs> it takes you about a good three hours walk to get to the port town of River Run, which is along the coast. It's more of a fishing town, but they do see some merchant ships come through every once in a while, so it's not too run down. But there is like a there isn't too much there, just like your typical tackle and bait shop, a little tavern, and the main feature is the docks. Well, I'll probably head on down to the docks and look for this mad dog Gary somewhere about. <laughs> and you walk down to the docks, and after passing a couple smaller shipping vessels, you do see this bigger merchant ship and this portly man in his 40s that's got a shaved head and this very strange curled mustache but no beard he looks very odd at first glance but he's directing far more fit sailors as they load crates and boxes of various types onto the ship and carry some off and set them aside and whatnot. I'd approach him and be like, Hey lad, I got a question for you. That depends who's asking. I'm looking for a mad dog Gary. Well, I'm Gary, but the mad dog's the name of me ship. Hmm. What you want? Me daughter sent me to, uh, said that you might give me passage. Oh, you're Lisa's da! That'd be me. All right, well, come here, man. I'm a hugger, not a, not a shaker. Nah, 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 I shake. I don't do no hugs. I'm too old for it. You might break me bones. Fine by me. And he uh, holds out a hand and sort of claps you on the arm rather than doing like a full regular shake. Yep. He's like, well, you're looking to travel the world? That will be the plan. Well, lucky for you. We're making our first stop in Rockford, which is right outside the Sparkling Grove. And he notices the pamphlet in your hand, kind of like taps on it and says, it's a real interesting place if you get the chance to explore it, right? I hear there's some sort of like a forest that turns people in circles or something. That sounds kind of interesting. I figured I'd check it out. At least do that. I might not look at the rest of the pamphlets. I'm a very simple person, and uh, I kind of like to see things for myself, you know? Oh, that's fair. And not everything's going to be in the pamphlets, of course. you got to figure out where the, the real folk that live there go. But, I don't know. She seemed nervous at the idea that you were leaving home for the first time ever with no one else to care for you, so... I might be old, but I ain't that old. <laughs> I ain't laying down in a bed with some lass, like, scrubbing me with a sponge. As entertaining as that sounds, I'm not there. 
<laughs> well, you got to find the right lass, but... All right, well, when you set sail. We leave in about an hour. What kind of stuff you good at? Making stuff. I'm fairly strong and fit. I got a good eye. That's really about it. I'm a very simple man. I can make horseshoes and nails and fittings. Hmm. Wish we had more use for it on the ship, but um, I can probably have you um, help the lads hoist the sails and whatnot. Just because it takes a couple people to get them up. Alright. A couple strong lads. So you'll be good for that. But we ain't going to make you do any navigating because that'd be a mess. I ain't never been on a ship. Well. So I wouldn't know my hand from my foot. Well, we'll teach you. It's a, it's a long journey from here. So we'll be getting pretty cozy over the next, let's see. I'd call it maybe eight days. Well, hopefully not too cozy. Well, hopefully not. <laughs> I think your daughter <laughs> would have my hide if I tried anything. Well, that's a good thing. Uh, she is a bit protective of me and I am a bit protective of her. So. That's good to hear. And not to mention me, me lad, me boy would skin a man alive if he touched his sister. Oh, yeah? Your son's in the army, right? Yeah, he's good boy, strong, works hard. I raise him well, I think. Well, good. There's not as many good lads around these days. A lot of them don't know where they learn their disrespect. Uh, nothing a good smack can't fix. You're right there. And with that, he kind of pats your shoulder and is like, well, I'm going to see if these these kids can't get everything else loaded. Um, feel free to look around, have a drink on me before we set sail. Make sure to grab a bucket before, especially if you don't know if you're, you get seasick. What is seasick? It means you're not used to the way the sea rocks the boat, and so you throw up a lot. Well, that don't sound too pleasant. Is that normal? You guys deal with that commonly. For some people, yes, especially on their first trip, but not always. So it really depends on what kind of person you are and how strong your stomach is. Oh, well, my wife said I had a strong stomach. I could eat just about anything she cooked, and she wasn't necessarily a great cook. <laughs> <laughs> looks at you impressed and is like I have a good friend named Rob who loves his eating contests we always throw one with mackerel on the ship he may challenge you eh, I'm not one to turn down a free meal <laughs> I'll tell him to look forward to it alright sounds like a blast and you have an hour until the ship sets sail is there anything in particular you want to do Probably going to roam around the city and just, like, look at, like, how things are going on around here. Because he's never been to a port city. And so kind of look around the city and see what all's going on about this place. Yeah. You sort of take a stroll around the city and there's not a ton to look at. This definitely isn't one of the bigger port cities. Like I said, it's mainly a fishing place. So there's a bait and tackle store right next to the docks along with a tavern directly across from it called the Mad Moose. A lot of 
things seem to have the prefix mad around here. You don't know if it's just a city thing or or what. But you see a few people meandering sort of in and out of that tavern. The houses are definitely interesting and different, though, because you see, like, unlike the sort of single-story hovels that you've been used to sort of living in your whole life in your little mountain town, some of these buildings have, like, three to four stories on them, and they seem to house a lot of people. As you see kind of droves of, like, families kind of leaving dads to go to work, mothers with the children, you assume to drop them off at school as it's now approaching sort of early morning. Well, I'll swing by a tavern and ask a barkeeper question. All right. You walk into the tavern and you see younger barmaid manning the, manning the bar. And she's like, can I help you? Oh, yeah, I just like a pint, and uh, I got a question for you, Les. Oh, uh, sure, name it. Why is everything around here mad? <laughs> Not well, like crazy mad, like the name, mad. Why is everything around here got to be mad? Well, apparently that was the surname of the first mayor of the of the town. So a lot of people were trying to get on his good side when they... Uh, when they first started up here. So they named everything Mad This, Mad That. That and some of the people around here like to think they're mad good fishermen, but seeing some of the catches they bring in, I wouldn't think so. <laughs> and she slides you your pint. <laughs> I feel really bad for that last mayor. I can't imagine if your last name was Mad. God. Martin Mad. It was an alliteration, too. That's ridiculous. Train. <laughs> All right. Well, I have me one. How much is going to cost me, lass? Oh, two copper ought to do it. All right. We're not too expensive around here. I can handle that. And I put two copper down. One more for a tip. And that's for you, pretty lady. Well, thank you very kindly. And she sort of smiles and swipes the coin and says, let me know if you need anything else, handsome. Hmm. And she leaves you to your ale as some of the other fishermen are clamoring for her attention. Yep. I sit there and sip on my ale for a while and then go back up and check on how the ship thing's going. All right. And as you finish your ale and head off towards the ship, you watch as the last of some of the supplies that were needed for the voyage are loaded on. And Gary turns around and looks at you and goes, Ah, Damien, perfect timing. We're about to get loaded up. Come on. All right. We'll see what this ship thing's about, eh? Indeed. And before you get on, he goes, Oh, almost forgot. And he picks up a, a small bucket that was left purposefully on the dock and hands it to you and says, In case you get seasick. What am I supposed to do with the bucket? You, you get sick in it. You're saying the bucket's for if I blow chunks? Yeah. Oh, bloody hell. All right. Let's, uh, let's, let's take a look around this place, then. Trust me, you'll thank me later. <laughs> <laughs> and he starts kind of showing you around the ship. It's, it's a pretty medium-sized merchant vessel with the storage separated off to the front of the ship and all of the, the crew quarters towards the back of the ship. So he leads you down, like, some stairs built in. There's, like, 
They're rickety wooden stairs. They're nothing special. And surprisingly enough, since it is a small crew, there's room enough for everyone to have an actual room and not just a hammock on board. That's nice. So he shows you to one of the rooms and says, This one's all yours, lad. Alright, appreciate it. Enjoy. Kind of like get myself like comfortable, set things out, look at the picture I've got of like the painting I have for me and my wife and kids. <sighs> what am I gonna do out here? Well, let's see if this 6C thing gets to me. And as you hear the the captain calling out, Hoist the sails! We're setting sail! Let's go! And the boat begins to move. Go ahead and make me a constitution save. Oh, I, I can do that. Constitution, eh? That's a 13. Alrighty. Yeah, you feel your stomach lurch a little bit, not used to, like, the rocking motion as as the boat begins to drift away from the docks and off into the ocean. Okay. But uh, you managed to hold the contents of your stomach. And just like, oh, blah, that's, that's not normal. Head on up, he's like, maybe some fresh air, do me some good. Mm-hmm. And you head up above deck and you watch as the land slowly starts to disappear from view and soon you're left with nothing but open water and the sound of birds and the waves and the sound of the crew barking out, well, the captain barking out orders and the crew following them. Just kind of look around like, what is it? Oh. How can you ever just agree to go out in the water like this? It's all right. Well then, might as well get used to it. It's gonna take me a little over a week. Lad, what can I help with? And Gary kind of looks at you and goes, "Well, you can help tie off the sails if you want." All right. How do I do that? Well, you take this rope and he hands it to you. You're gonna help Johnny here pull it as tight as it needs to be. And then you're going to tie it off to this pole right here. And he points to, like, a wooden stake that... All right, that don't seem too difficult. All right, Johnny, you tell me when I pull it tight enough, yeah? Will do. And he says, pull! Pull? (laughs) Yeah. Roll me a strength check, please. I don't know boat terms, Jeremy. I'm sorry. That is an 18. 18. All righty. Uh, yeah, so you pull this sail as tight as it needs to be, and you watch as Johnny kind of wraps it around, and he goes, Do you know how to tie knots? Nah, I can tie my shoes. That's about it. Then let me get this one. Alright. And you watch as he ties a very complex knot to make sure that it stays taut. Afterwards, he kind of just leaves you there and walks off as Gary's like, Not bad. So, did you manage to hold the contents of your stomach, or did the seasickness get you? Nah, your sick sea thing ain't got me yet. I think I'm holding on pretty good. Well, good to know. We'll have to see how it... If that changes, if it we hit some rough waters, but... What are rough waters? Oh, um... Sometimes storms blow in. Oh, I'm not looking forward to that one. Oh, you definitely shouldn't. It ain't fun. Sometimes the waves get big enough to crash over the front of the boat. It's kind of scary, but we'll have you stable, old. 
Yeah, and I'll make sure I'm not up here when that happens. Exactly. What y'all do for fun on this ship? Well, like I said, my friend Rob, he loves his um, eating or drinking contests, whichever you prefer. Though, depending on how many he has, we tend to try to ration the mead, because if you're not careful, it'll run out by day two. And the only thing worse than bored sailors is sailors that can't get drunk. <laughs> All right, then. Uh, I guess I can try my hand at some of that. I'll help the time pass by quickly. Do you play any instruments? Nah, not particularly good at them. I mean, I tried my hand a few times, uh, but not my fancy. Fair enough. Well, we have a couple players on this ship, so occasionally we try to hold dance parties when people can keep their balance or aren't too drunk to enjoy the music. I don't know, I'll... <laughs> I'm not a good dancer either. I'm not very nimble. Well, neither is this old man. And he kind of pats his belly a little bit. He's <laughs> like, we'll both embarrass ourselves together, trust me. All right, might as well. As you guys are standing there, one of the younger crew members comes over and is like, uh, sir, we got a problem. Gary kind of pauses, looks down. What kind of problem? Uh... Our anchor seems to be broken. What do you mean? And he kind of looks down at the guy like, What do you mean broken? Shouldn't we have checked that before we set sail? How are we supposed to fix an anchor all the way out here? Well, I mean, an anchor is just metal. I'm pretty good with metal. Are you now? I am a smith. That's right. Lisa told me that. I just forgot until now. Well, why don't you take our smithy friend over here over to this broken anchor so that I don't see it and beat you silly. And you see his face kind of pale and he just goes, yes, sir, looks at you and goes, right this way, please. Go with him. <laughs> and you see he's kind of like shaking in his boots as he like walks you towards the back of the boat where this anchor is sitting broken clean in half. Oh, that's not good. I don't take it you like fires on board, huh? Well, seeing as the boat's made of wood, not particularly. How you go about cooking? Well, we've got a stove downstairs. Eh, that might work. I just gotta get hot. We can do our best to help. Whatever will fix this, because without it, well, we're, we're all stuck on water. Ugh. All right. Yeah, show me where your cook is. He leads you back downstairs, um, past all of the uh, sleeping quarters, to a big room sort of towards the center of the ship that is occupied by a, a woman in her late 30s to early 40s, hair braided and then curled into like a little bun under a sort of like hairnet that you would see on like a cafeteria lunch lady. <laughs> And she looks up and is like, What are you doing in the kitchen? It ain't even lunchtime yet. Oh, and she kind of looks at you and she's like, I'm sorry, I don't believe we've met. My name's Penny. Nice to meet you, Miss Penny. My name's Damien. I'm a smith. I'm catching a trip. We're on this ship. I hear your anchor is a bit busted. I wanted to know if I could borrow your stove for a while. And she kind of furrows her brow and is like, The anchor's busted. Well, uh, I certainly didn't hear about that one, but 
You're more than welcome to use the stove for now. How long's it gonna take you? I did plan on baking something for dinner. I shouldn't take more than about an hour. I'm just gonna heat up some horseshoes till they melt down and try to stick it to the anchor back together with some hot metal and then shave off the bad edgings that come from it. Well, good luck to you on that one. Well, I've got some coal here if you need to get the stove any hotter. I'm gonna need you to get it pretty hot. Well, just let me know if you need anything. I'll be around. Alright, thank you. Alright, lad, I'm gonna need you to get some men to bring me them two pieces of that uh, anchor. Alright, I'll I'll find some strong men. And he rushes back up. Within a few minutes, two of the stronger sailors are carrying down the heavy pieces of anchor. I'd be in there, like, throw two horseshoes in there and just start melting them down. <laughs> like, heating up the stove as much as I can, trying to, like, watch the temperature. <sighs> trying to, like, stoke the fire without a bellows. Oh, this is horrible. <sighs> yeah, you're definitely not having a fun time, especially since... The fire will get too hot, and then it'll get too cold. Yep. Yeah, stoves definitely aren't meant to melt metal. But you make do with what you have, and you manage to, despite it being a pain in the ass, melt down these two horseshoes. Yep, now I'm going to try and like use the metal cold weld it together, right? Where you put the metal between the two pieces, put it together, and try to let it affixate to itself. Alrighty. Um... It won't be incredibly sturdy but it'll be better than nothing uh go ahead and make me a check with either a check with your smithing tools or if you have a different crafting check as an artificer i don't actually well then just make a check with your smithing tools then all right that'll be what just a check with my proficiency bonus i think yeah uh that's an unnatural 20 nice yeah, despite the difficulty that you that you had heating up these horseshoes and melting them down, this is pretty a pretty standard procedure. You've used this to fix plenty of broken items for your friends and people around your town for years. And the anchor wells together with no problems. Yep, after that, just kind of like shave off the bits to try and make, make it not look so bad because when you like put two pieces together makes the, everything else like stick out. Mm-hmm. To, like shave it down a bit with my tools like chisel it down a bit and make it look as neatly as i can they'll still see the crack but it'll be like a different color metal in the crack but yeah it definitely looks welded together but you manage to shave it down enough that it at least looks even with the width of the pieces of anchor that were there previously yep and it's like all right lad this should do the trick uh it's not great I don't got a smithy here to actually fix it. So I'd recommend either getting it replaced or correctly repaired when you hit port. But this should let you hit port, right? This'll get us there, yes. Thank you. Alright, pleasure to be a service. Now I am going to go. Y'all don't have anything to wash with here, do you? There is a washroom down the other way, but it's basically just got a tub and a bucket for water. That's fine, I just want to wash my hands. Alright. And Penny points you to it. Go down and wash up a little bit. Alright. And so, over the course of this eight days, Gary tries to sort of spread out a variety of activities for you to do. The eating contest comes first. 
on your third day at sea as you sit down next to Rob, who is this tall goliath with quite a large stomach. I'm supposed to out-eat that? You said you were up for it. Yeah, that was before I knew he was that large in all dimensions. But alright, I'm not one to back down from my challenge, let's go. You see a plate stacked high with mackerel is set in front of you and set in front of Rob. And they say, go! I'm going to have you make a constitution check. 15. 15? Alrighty. And surprisingly enough, you're keeping head to head with Rob the entire way. You see he may have gotten like a bad piece of mackerel halfway through as he's kind of like coughing on it as he's like... You know it tastes bad by the way that he's grimacing, but he's trying to power through. But it gives you a chance to sort of catch up as you're shoveling this mackerel in your face. And both of you get through 16 pieces of fish before you are too full to eat another bite or you will explode. Yep, I'm just like, oh, please tell me you can't take another bite, lad. I'm definitely done. Alright, I'll call this one a draw. (laughs) Fine. And he holds out like a giant hand to shake. Like eyes sort of half closed here. He looks like he's about to go into a food coma. (laughs) Shake his hand and just be like, I think I'm gonna go rest for a while. Yes. Drinking contest tomorrow. (laughs) Not tomorrow. That's not going to happen when I'm like this. Fine. Day after. That's fine. I'll do that one. (laughs) Sure enough, he keeps to his word. And the day after, he coaxes you down into the uh, mess hall. Everyone starts setting out poured glasses of mead for you to work your way down. Once again, constitution check, please. Oh, boy. That's a 16. This time, Rob drinks you under the table, man. (laughs) I can take another one. This cup's empty. (laughs) (laughs) And as you're looking at it, trying to figure out where the hell the mead went, um, you see that while you're sort of... When you started, they had lined 12 pints up down the table and you're on maybe your sixth or seventh you can't tell anymore but once again trying to figure out where the hell the meat in this glass went because you certainly didn't drink it rob is drinking down his last pint of mead and he kind of looks at you and goes you want me to finish those for you yeah help yourself holy hell <laughs> I don't think my legs are attached to my body. <laughs> oh, you're fine. And he sort of claps you on the back, laughs as you stumble forward a bit, <laughs> <laughs> and finishes drinking the mead that you left there. The rest of your voyage after that is filled with a lot of singing, a lot of drinking, a lot of merriment, the usual stuff. And before you know it, the port 
of Rockford is coming into view and you're starting to see land again for the first time in over a week. Gary kind of leans against the railing of the ship and looks at you and goes, So, how did you enjoy your first time sailing? Did you like it? It was interesting. I definitely enjoyed some of it. Some of it left me in quite a horrible state, especially trying to drink against the walking beer keg you got walking around. But I tried. <laughs> well, he's certainly useful for carrying things. I can imagine. He got a stomach that strong, I can't imagine what the rest of you is like. Well, who knows? If you travel with us again, you might get to know him a little more. I think that would be nice on my way back home. Because if I can avoid it, I'm probably not going to go back on another ship. This was not what I was used to. <laughs> then again, that's kind of what I wanted. So, Well, first taste of freedom. Always a bit interesting, isn't it? <laughs> it is, lad. That it is. Oh, I can't wait to see the ground again. <sighs> yeah, most people can't. As he goes to sort of start launching into one of his famous stories, many of which he's told you throughout this eight-day journey, all of a sudden, you hear a loud crash. The boat starts tilting side to side very wildly. I need you to make a deck save for me, please. Well, that's not very nice. That's a straight d20 roll. That's a three. Oh, no. Yeah, you and Gary just, like, cry out as the boat starts rocking back and forth wildly. Uh, you fall flat on your ass immediately and start sliding as the boat kind of tilts to the left. Part of it sort of coming out of the water as you get a glimpse of what you think is, like, scales and, like, sharp spines of something massive in the water taking a chunk out of the boat as crew members are screaming and scrambling for purchase. You barely manage to catch yourself on the side of the, like, the other side of the ship as it, like, it tilts and then lands back right side up, but you can tell that it's not entirely set the right way as someone goes we're taking on a lot of water whatever that was just took a giant chunk out of the side of the ship just look at getting like what the fuck does that mean <laughs> and he looks at you kind of wide-eyed and is like that means we're probably sinking <laughs> does that mean i gotta swim if you can oh fuck. or if we can find the, the life rafts in time but as he says that, I need you to make another deck save as... Oh no. You see what looks to be like a giant turtle essentially eat the nose of the ship and one of the crew members along with it. Oh no. Yeah, this... That would be a natural one, Lassie. <laughs> Not only am I bad at it, I'm really bad at it. Yeah. So last time you were lucky to sort of make purchase on the railing as the ship was tilted by this massive creature. This time, not so lucky as the momentum of the ship tilting forward essentially slingshots you off the deck and into the water. There is no chance for foothold. 
and you're now treading water in the middle of the ocean, watching as this giant thing keeps taking bites out of the ship. Would I have my any of my stuff on me since we were getting close to land? Um, yeah, he would have probably had you bring, like, your pack and everything up. Okay. At that point, so you would have your belongings. I am in heavy armor in the water. Oh, no. <laughs> good thing I am very good at athletics. <laughs> I was going to say, I have now I have to think about it. I never thought about what check I would have to have you make to keep treading water. <laughs> but athletics would probably make the most sense. Alright, that's a plus six. I'm actually pretty good at it. No fucking way! That's another, that another natural one. Oh, oh god. god. <laughs> yeah, I think like a rock. <laughs> yeah, uh, you don't even really have a chance to start paddling like you actually... You remember teaching your kids to swim in like the creek by your house. And it's pretty easy to tread water when you get into the deep parts there, but you definitely didn't do it in your heavy armor. You start sinking <laughs> uh, fast. The boat disappears. You get glimpses of like everyone else's legs as you're trying and failing to sort of paddle up. Just as you really can't hold your breath anymore, in front of you, again, you see the face of this massive turtle thing its head itself is about as big as the ship if not bigger you see massive green eyes as it's at first it has its attention on the ruins of the ship it just brought down and you see it sort of scooping up bits and pieces of the supplies that are now sinking you see that whatever cargo that gary was carrying must have had some value to it as you see some hints of gold disappearing into its jaws. And then its eyes lock on you. As your vision goes dark, you see the turtle swim effortlessly over to you and sort of scoop you up in a claw. And your vision goes black. And that's where we're going to end our session for tonight. Oh, that's not very nice. <laughs> Leave you on a little cliffhanger before we get you to the party. <laughs> the giant turtle just delivers me to the party. Gift. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll see. But thank you everyone for listening. I hope you enjoyed our last prequel session before the party sort of finds each other. Though it'll be interesting to see how Damien gets out of this one. Well, thank you for listening to Damien's first and last session of the campaign <laughs> <laughs> me bloody dice are against me oh yeah <laughs> oh man two natural ones in a row one more and it's instant death right <laughs> right <laughs> well to find out if Damien survived or which character Jeremy makes next be sure to follow us on all our social media channels. We are Chronicles of Kreath Pod, all one word, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. We can't wait to see you next time for our first full session of Chronicles of Kreath. Bye! <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs>